CCR number 95 for January 20th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by PanthersFans.com. Cats fans, get your Carolina Panthers fix with all the guys and gals over at PanthersFans.com. Stay up to date with all the latest news, transactions, and discussions only at PanthersFans.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake Delon's going, Steve Smith, left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, we are joined by Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen to get his insights. Nick Yeoman is back to provide the fans' perspective. And we'll be talking to number 43, Chris Harris. Hey, what's going on, Panthers fans? This is uh, Chris Harris here trying to donate money for the victims out in Haiti because of the huge earthquake they had. You can text the word Haiti to 90999. And a $10 donation would be sent to the Red Cross organization. It'll be added to your cell phone bill. And by doing that, I myself will personally send a autograph, photograph of myself. The way to receive that, you can go to my Twitter account, which is Chris Harris NFL, and send me a time-dated picture of the confirmation that they send you back, along with your address, and I will autograph a picture and send it to you personally or you can also go to my Facebook page which is facebook.com slash nfl.chris.harris Thanks. Now buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. There is news but this week there are important issues to discuss that really make football seem a little trivial. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I want to echo what Chris Harris said in this week's opening. I would encourage all of you to make a $10 donation if you can by texting Haiti to 90999. Continue listening and Chris will tell you how to send him the details of your donation to claim your autographed picture. Again, text Haiti to 90999. A $10 charge will be added to your cell phone bill. We'll be speaking to Chris a little later on in the show. We'll give you more details. This week, the team relieved one coach of his duties and saw another retire. First, special teams coach Danny Crossman was fired late last week. Speculation was that the team was interested in hiring Bobby April. Unfortunately, he was grabbed up by the Philadelphia Eagles prior to the move to release Crossman. The job remains unfilled. Also early this week, the team announced the retirement of Richard Williamson, the Panthers' receivers coach. Williamson had been with the team since the beginning. In fact, he was hired before the team's first head coach, Dom Capers. He oversaw the development of some solid receivers. Steve Smith, Masin Muhammad, Patrick Jeffers, Raheem Ismail, and Mark Carrier all had 1,000-yard seasons under Williamson. And as for coaches, that was the topic we brought up in our question of the week. We asked... If John Fox were to leave, who besides Bill Cower would you hire as the team's next head coach? Let's check your answers. Hello. 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 
It's time for Panthers fans to sound off. This could be a dangerous pick, but I'm going to go with uh, Jim Skipper as the next head coach if Fox doesn't come back. Yeah, uh, well, it's, we can't have Bill Cower. Um, I guess there's really only one logical choice. Um, it would have to be Miss Piggy. You know, um, she would make a great head coach. Uh, I just think, uh, yeah, anytime Jake Delone throws an interception, she'd be like, you know, I just she's the only logical choice. So uh, yeah, get rid, get rid of Fox and and hire the pick. You know. Hey, calling it about the question about who we'd like to see as coach next year. I would say Russ Grimm. Have a good day. I want to thank all of you for calling in, and of course, my thanks to all of you for listening to our show. I want to point out that there are a lot of fans out there who don't really care to pick up the phone. Case in point, over on the Carolina Growl Forum, a number of fans left their answers there rather than calling in. Hook said he'd like to see Russ Grimm as the coach. SoCal Panthers said John Gruden, interestingly enough. Two of the users over there, Fourth Ward and Razorback Panthers, said Jason Garrett. John DZ89 says his choice is Jim Skipper. And Panther Man has thrown in his support for Ron Rivera. To all of you, a big thanks for the excellent answers. Time for next week's question. This one is really simple. Here it is. Who should be the Panthers 2009 MVP? Call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673 and leave a message. Again, who should be the MVP for the Carolina Panthers for the 2009 season? Call us at 206-350-9673. Seven three. It is time now for the Panther Preview. That segment that we can't find a new name for. Yes, yes, that one. Joining us for the Panther Preview, it is Nick Yeoman. Yeoman. Hey, John. What's going on? It's always good to be back. And by the way, I gotta say, Yeoman. Um, thanks. I appreciate it very much. Um, I heard you today calling in to talk to Pac-Man. It was Tuesday, Tuesday, whatever that is, the 19th. I appreciate you calling in and giving us, uh, you know, some, a plug on the show, showing a little, uh, CCR love to the Darren Gant and to the Pac-Man. I appreciate that very much. Hey, hey, it's no problem, John. You know, you know, we only talk once a week on Cat Crave Radio, but I'm thinking about the Panthers 24-7. I don't sleep at night. I'm just all Panthers, so <laughs> I gotta find my other outlet. So no problem. I love giving CCR a little love. Well, speaking of, of like, living and breathing and eating Carolina Panthers, your take on, and well, not necessarily your take, but just how happy were you to hear that Danny Crossman had been um, canned? Uh, you know what? I, I'm okay with it. I'm kind of, uh, you know what? Shoot, I'll admit, I'm thrilled. Uh, the, the special teams for the Panthers has been, boy, it's, it's been a roller coaster in the last couple of years. The, the, the plays have not been there. They've given up way too many big plays. Haven't seen enough big plays in the return game. And, uh, and, and you know, some people argue that. You know, a lot of the contract situations with the big money going to Jake DeLome and Julius Peppers and, and Jordan Gross and Chris Gamble that, that you kind of had to sacrifice special teams. And I can understand that, but, uh, boy, it, it's been a mess the last couple years. And it's good to see that they're taking a step to go in the right direction. And, you know, obviously got to wish Danny Crossman the best, but hopefully the Panthers can bring someone in here that can breathe a little life into the special teams. You know, as fans, it's funny. I mean, we focus on players so much, and we've all got – you know, mad love for like, you know, Moose and 
Brad Hoover, and John Casey, who is the last remaining original Panther. But he actually wasn't the original Panther. A coach they hired, even before they hired Dom Capers back in the day, is Richard Williamson, the wide receiver coach, and he's acted as an offensive coordinator on a couple of occasions. He's seen it, done it, been there, and now he's retiring. I mean, this is kind of a sad day for me. I hate to see the guy go. No, it really is, and he's one of those guys that, you know what, you're never going to hear about. I mean, you're never going to read stuff about him. Uh, you know, the wide receiver coach, the part-time offensive coordinator. I, I think it's been great. He's been a great, uh, you know, representative of the Panthers and, and the coaching that he's done. He's coached some great players. I mean, Moosin Muhammad, a lot of people weren't sure whether or not he would have a great career with Carolina, and he has. He's, he's helped mold a guy like Steve Smith into the playmaker that he is. I think, I think he's one of those unsung guys that you don't hear a lot about, but when you think about it, he has. He's been with the Panthers since day one, and, and it is. It, it's kind of a sad day to see a guy like that go. Well, we, last week we looked ahead uh, to the coming season, checked out all of the cornerbacks, the safeties, you know, and uh, graded the secondary. This week we promised everybody we're going to talk offensive line, and I looked up some stats this week, stats that really can be attributed to an offensive line. This year we were 10th in sacks allowed. We gave up 33, third in the league in rushing, actually gaining nearly 2,500 yards on the ground. The offensive line, I mean, that that had been, we thought, coming into the season, our bread and butter started a little slow. Your take on the guards and the center for this group? Well, I, I think that interior offensive line, the guards and the center, is as talented and as solid as both the tackle spots are. Uh, but you can't deny that, that this unit in the past few years, they've been strong. I mean, I still have a little trepidation at times about guys like Ryan Khalil and, and Kedrick Vincent, but in the NFL, you're not going to have all-stars at every spot on the line. Uh, but when you pair up great players like D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, the running backs you have here, you pair them up with a tackle like Jordan Gross, um, with serviceable guys like Vincent and Khalil, and they end up being much more than just serviceable. They end up flourishing, and I, and I hope that's the case in the next couple of years. At the end of the day, guys like Kedrick Vincent, Ryan Khalil, Khalil are players that can start just about anywhere, and they're really valuable guys on this team. And, and the other one, Travell Wharton. I absolutely love Travell Wharton, the versatility that he has shown to move around from the guard to tackle spot back and forth is something special and and all in all it's hard to be nitpicky about this interior offensive line the guards and the tackles you know the big issue was the depth on this offensive line you know you lost guys like uh, Jeff Hangardner, Jerry Bridges, Frank Omiali and we've seen guys like Mackenzie Bernardo that have stepped up in that interior offensive line and played well as as well, and you got a guy in Gary Williams, Duke Robinson, that I think they have a lot of faith in as well. So I think the interior offensive line, though, the guards and tackles is a strong unit. And I was actually hoping, I had held out a little hope, and it sounded like from some of the, the clips that we got out of the uh, locker room after the, the Pro Bowl was announced, or the starters for the Pro Bowl were announced, that Ryan Khalil actually had a shot at this thing, but he didn't make it. You got... Still, though, among this trio, Vincent, Wharton, and Khalil, you've got two kind of young guys, actually very young guys, and then one who's not quite so young. You've got Khalil at 25 years old. You've got Wharton, who's 29. They've got three and six years experience, respectively. And then you've got Vincent, who is the gray hair of the bunch. I mean, the guy's 32 years old, been in the league nine years so I got to think, Vincent, since his contract is up, depending on how this CBA thing goes, we may see him outside looking in, 
because of the salary cap? I mean, do you think that he's gone? Because I got a feeling that dude is probably looking elsewhere for work. No, I think you're probably right. I think his days are probably limited. If you can keep him to a limited small contract, which, you know, nowadays in the NFL, it's, it's basically it's nearly impossible to do, then maybe you can keep him around. But I think the fact that we had some young players step up, especially McKenzie Bernardo, who I've been really impressed with, and I think I think Kedrick Vincent is probably, I think you're right, I think he's probably a player that can be expendable and because his contract's up, uh, probably will be looking for work elsewhere. Yeah, and I love the guy, too. I'll never forget this. Not that I'm bragging or anything, but maybe I am. But so when I'm down at training camp, and he was one of the first people, one of the first players I actually got to talk to, and he steps up, looks over at me, and and I I really should play the clip here, but I won't. He says, "What's up, Big Daddy?" And he says, "Hey, he's in a great mood. He just won the lottery." And I said, "Well, are you going to split the money with me?" And he said, "No, I'm not." So you know, I I I kind of like old Kedrick. He's he's a good guy. I'd hate to see him go, but then you, if you look at the stats, and we always, everybody does this, league-wide, fans do it, the media, they do it. You're always talking about tackles, and we'll get to them in the next segment, but it seems to me that the guards and the center are kind of the beef of the line anyway, and if you're looking at especially rushing stats, they seem to be the guys, to me, that make that happen. No, no, you're absolutely right, and, and, and that was the hard part about this is when you really do – try to look at the offensive line and break it down. I mean, what can you go off of? You can go off of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns and sacks allowed, but it is hard. Without looking at a lot of tape, it's tough to really evaluate and grade these guys, but I think, you know, you do. You, you look at the beef and, and the fact that the Panthers have been able to run up the middle, that Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams have been great at hitting the holes in the middle of the line and then bouncing to the outside and then bouncing to the second level, and I think that is. It's a testament to this offensive line. You know, one more thing you talked about Kedrick Vincent. I mean, you remember two years ago, he was a guy that they, they didn't even know. They just kind of took a flyer on him, brought him in in free agency. You know, there was some thought that Tony Finotti was going to be the guy that would get that starting spot. But when you look at Vincent, he's been solid. When you look at Travell Wharton, a guy that's battled injury problems and has now proven that he could be not more than just a solid offensive line, but a spectacular, versatile guy. And then you got a guy in Ryan Khalil who has been solid as well, and a young guy that's only going to get better that's really, as, as he matures, he's going to get stronger, he's going to get faster, and he's going to become an even better center working and running this offensive line. It's a strong unit. Yeah, and you take uh, Kedrick Vincent, even at his age, at 32, this is going to skew this number a little bit if I throw out this statistic. Among the guards and the center, there are five players listed at either guard or center. An average age of 26 years old, even with Kedrick in there kind of throwing off the number, and an average experience in the NFL of 4.2 years, that's a, a real nice stat. And speaking of statistics, footballoutsiders.com, and they've got some great offensive line stats. Listen to these. These are three big ones. On third or fourth down, with two yards or less to go, they picked up the first down 67% of the time, so two-thirds of the time. On running plays, tackled behind the line of scrimmage, 22%, which is actually kind of a high number. That was 23rd in the league. And then yards gained on the ground. This is 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. They actually ranked first in the league. I love the middle of the line, and I think maybe, like you said, Bernardo could be the guy to step in if Vincent's gone. I, I, but I love this group. 
Yeah, I, I do too. Those are some great stats. And, and let's not forget about Duke Robinson, another guy that, you know, uh, coming from Oklahoma, comes in with a lot of hype. There's some talk that maybe he could be, you know, if Bernardo is that new starter, maybe uh, maybe Duke Robinson's the next backup, the next Jeff Hangarner, Mackenzie Bernardo that can provide that depth. But, you know, you talk about the age of this offensive line as a total, and especially those interior guys. It, 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 it's just like we talked about last week with the secondary. Lots of youth but some good experience, which is impressive. And I think it's something that I'm telling you, these Panthers fans got a lot of confidence in these guys and should be confident that, you know what, if you can keep this group together, it's tough to do nowadays in the NFL with free agency because, you know what, if a guy has a couple good years and he's a young player and he uses up that first first contract, he's going to go grab big money elsewhere. But if they can keep these guys intact, the young players in the offensive line, the young players in the secondary, Panthers have Panthers fans have a lot to look forward to. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk about the tackles in just a minute. But before we do, and I've got to do a little housekeeping here. First, the newsletter. If you have not signed up to get the newsletter, you can subscribe to the newsletter. We'll send it out every week, or at least we'll try if I don't happen to sleep in too late that day. We'll send you out a newsletter. Just go to the website at catcraveradio.com. Right at the top of the page, you'll see the newsletter link. Click there. A nice, neat little page. Simple form will open up. Fill it out, and bada-bing, you are you are subscribed to the newsletter. It's that simple. But just go over to catcraveradio.com and go to the newsletter link. And secondly, but not leastly, the question of the week. We've already heard this week's answers. Next week, here's what we want you to do. Give us a call on this question. Who should be the team's 2009 MVP? Your pick. Anybody. Name a player. Who should be the 2009 team MVP? Give us a call at 206-350-9673. Again, the number, 206-350-9673. Coming up in just a bit, we got Tom Sorensen, and yes, the conversation with Chris Harris. But in a minute, like I said before, Nick and I will come back to break down the tackles. The host has a craving for popcorn and juju beans, so he's headed for the concession stand. The crave will continue. Hey, what's going on, Panthers fans? This is uh, Chris Harris here trying to donate money for the victims out in Haiti because of the huge earthquake they had. You can text the word Haiti to 90999 and a $10 donation would be sent to the Red Cross organization. It'll be added to your cell phone bill. And by doing that, I myself will personally send a autograph, photograph of myself. The way to receive that, you can go to my Twitter account, which is Chris Harris NFL, and send me a time-dated picture of the confirmation that they send you back, along with your address, and I will autograph a picture and send it to you personally. Or you can also go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash nfl.chris.harris. Thanks. It's time once again for the game that's sweeping the nation. It's time for Boomer Bust. And joining us for the game, it is Nick Yeoman. Nick, are you ready to play the game? I am ready to sweep the nation one more time. Let's start you off with Drew Brees versus the Vikings. Well, the key to slowing Drew Brees down is a strong pass rush, and the Minnesota Vikings have exactly that. That defensive line leads the league in sacks. They should be bringing that, that pressure that forces Drew Brees to scramble. Now, does that mean he can't find success out of the pocket? No, he's fully capable of getting it done, but I think... The edge rush from Jared Allen and the suddenly emerging Ray Edwards is going to be enough to contain Breeze. I think he's a bust. 
Reggie Wayne versus the Jets. Well, this is a big-time matchup. Reggie Wayne trying to get open with Darrell Revis in his pocket, and he will be in his pocket, trust me. I think Reggie Wayne's a bust this Sunday, though. Revis has gone toe-to-toe with some of the elite receivers this season has had no problem slowing them down. I don't think Reggie Wayne is an exception. He is a bust as well. Thomas Jones versus the Colts. I don't see any running back for the Jets finding success against the Colts defense this weekend. And Ray Rice, he came into Lucas Oil Stadium with a ton of hype, and the Colts shut him down. He's just 67 yards. So I don't think it's going to matter if it's Sean Green, Thomas Jones. They're not going to get past Gary Brackett and the Colts linebackers. I think uh, Thomas Jones is a bust as well. Percy Harvin versus the Saints. You know, I, th- I think Percy Harvin has a huge advantage this Sunday, and I don't think it has anything to do with the Saints secondary. I think the fact that his teammate, Sidney Rice, had such a monster game against the Cowboys is going to help him because there won't be nearly as much attention thrown his way. I know he's only a rookie, but I think this rookie's going to play big on Sunday. I think he booms against the Saints. Peyton Manning versus the Jets. You know, with Peyton Manning, when you actually look at his numbers in playoff games in his career, it's really nothing special. But what you can't tell me you wouldn't want Peyton Manning under center every Sunday, whether it's a playoff game or not. Uh, with the defense the Jets play, it's going to be tough to put up monster statistics. But I think Manning, he's going to use his weapons like Pierre Garçon, like Austin Collie, and I think he's a boom against the Jets. Reggie Bush versus the Vikings. Well, Reggie Bush, you never quite know what you're going to get from him. But the one thing I do know is that whether or not he's a great running back in this league, he's still one of the most electrifying players, one of the most explosive players in the league. He will make an impact. I can almost guarantee you that. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But I think Reggie Bush booms against the Vikings with everything on the line. Brett Favre versus the Saints. Well, I'll tell you what, with Brett Favre, all the doubters, all the people who said he should have retired can can now kind of sit down in the corner and watch Brett Favre succeed like he's done his entire career. Because like fine wine, he's only getting better with age. Four touchdowns against the Cowboys, and it was was arguably the best playoff performance in his career. But he's going to be tested by the Saints defense that's now healthy. I think Brett Favre's up for the challenge. I think he's a boom. Dallas Clark versus the Jets. I think Dallas Clark is in store for a monster game against the Jets because I don't think the linebackers the Jets have can cover. The New York secondary is flawless. I mean, they've got guys like Darrell Rivas, Kerry Rhodes, Jim Leonard, roaming the field, but Clark is going to do what he does best, and that's set up in the middle of the field, catch seven or eight passes on Sunday, and booms. Mark Sanchez versus the Colts. I love what, what Rex Ryan has done with Mark Sanchez and the fact that, that Sanchez continues to buy into the game plan no matter what shows his maturity level. I mean, it, it seems as if he's figured out how not to beat himself. And when rookies reach that point, there's no telling what they're capable of. I don't know if Sanchez is going to put up big numbers this Sunday, but if the Jets do lose, I don't think it's going to be because of him. And because of that, I think he's a boom. Finally, Dustin Keller versus the Colts. You know, John, all season long, I've been non-biased, and I've tried to bring the listeners of Cat Crave Radio my honest opinion of what I think each player can do against their opponent week after week, and it didn't matter if it was a player for the Panthers or from a hated rival. I gave my honest opinion, but I just can't do it here. Dustin Keller and I were high school teammates back in Lafayette, Indiana. I've watched this guy transform from a slender wide receiver when I played with him to a project tight end at Purdue to a guy now who's flourishing. I mean, two touchdown catches in his first two playoff games. So I'm pulling for him, and I hope he booms this weekend against the Colts, John. Well, as always, we appreciate you playing the game with us, Nick. Hey, it's been fun, John. Thanks. This show exists for the fans of the Carolina Panthers. Tell us what you think by sending us an email at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Now, the Crave continues. And welcome back to the Panther Preview. Still with me, it's Yeoman, Nick Yeoman and his awesomeness. 
Yeoman, you ready to talk some tackles, man? Oh, I love it. I love the big nasties on the outside, the tackles. Let's jump right into it. And them are some big boys. They some big... Th- of course, the story is Jeff Otah's the big eater, so I think it was Darren Gant that told me that, but wow. I mean, you don't get in line at the buffet behind Otah. So the two starters, Jeff Otah, Jordan Gross, both of them end the season hurt. We've got two, supposed to be the two bookends, the two best offensive linemen we have sitting on the bench and, you know, cast it up and everything. It's an ugly situation. So I don't know. You take these guys, yeah, they're they're neither one of them's old, but uh, we just got to hope they come back healthy, right? No, you you really do, and and I don't think that's something that I don't think Panthers fans need to be worried about that. I don't think this is something that that's going to be lingering for either of these players. I you know do you dock the grade a little bit because of it? I don't know. I've got a lot of confidence in these offensive tackles. I mean, the injuries and the depth was a concern coming into the season, and the team was tested by it. All five starters. Including both of those tackles, they were in there when this team struggled to an zero and three start, and both tackles were there when this team started and had that subpar four and five record. So I can't let them off the hook. The truth is, though, it's really tough to break down these tackles and really the offensive line as a whole because of how poorly Jake DeLone played in the first half of the season, and it was tough to grade the second half of the season because Jeff Otell and Jordan Gross were out of the lineup. But what you have in Jeff Otell and Jordan Gross is when they are healthy, you have that confidence, you know, whether it's a quarterback. You know, we're going to talk about that. We can talk about that for weeks on weeks about who could be quarterback for this team, but they're going to have a confidence factor in knowing that you've got Jeff Otal protecting one side, Jordan Gross protecting another side. And as we talked about, they are some big boys and fully capable of getting it done in the NFL. And I think, personally, I may be a little biased, but I think these may be two of the best tackles in the league and to have them on the same team. And maybe the duo of those two tackles might be one of the best duos in the league. And, you know, they're always talking about certain tackles or certain guards, and it seems now because the Jets have made it this far in the playoffs, everybody's talking about their offensive line and how spectacular they are. But we've got two guys, just like you said, and I think either one of these guys is capable next year, especially if they stay healthy, of making the Pro Bowl. I think Gross was on his way for the second straight year had he not broken his leg. I mean, if he if he doesn't get hurt and winds up missing... Uh, I think, what was it, six games at the end of the season? Seven games, excuse me. If he misses seven games at the end of the season, I think that knocks him out of the Pro Bowl anyway. So I think he's a perennial guy. I think he's in the Pro Bowl every year, and I think Ota's on his way, definitely. No, I, I think you're exactly right. Jordan Gross is. He is that, you know, this, this idea and this the thought of having a franchise tackle, it gets thrown around a lot, but I buy into it. I, I think Jordan Gross is that franchise tackle, the guy that you can build and solidify your offensive line around. Is he getting any younger? No. Is the injury is a little discouraging, yes, but you do. You have a guy in Jeff Otal who, boy, he is going to be the guy that should anchor this offensive line for the next 10 years when Jordan Gross decides to hang him up. And, and we've seen offensive tackles can play, you know, as long as their knees hold up, they can play uh, into their 30s, you know, late 30s, mid-30s in the NFL. And I think Jeff Otal is a guy that, if anything does happen to Jordan Gross, is a guy that can fully anchor this offensive line. And, and the Panthers are really lucky to have two guys of their caliber. Now, John Fox, if you're listening, I'm going to quote another statistic. I guess that makes me a loser. Okay. But this is a big statistic. If you want a statistic, this is the one. All right. We know guys get hurt all the time. These are big guys, 350 in some cases. So we're talking about big boys. 
You'd expect that much meat on a on a human body. I mean, somebody's going to get something hurt. Well, you you know, we, we hear about them going out, but this is the second year they've been together as a group. So, I just looked at the last two years, and it's Jordan Gross, thanks to his seven games missed this year, who leads the bunch. I think he's missed eight games in the last two years. Ota has missed seven. But among them, there have been 23 games missed, an average of 4.6 over the last two years among the five starters. So not too bad, but if we can keep them together for 16 games, this is a bunch. I mean, they've got tremendous upside. No, it is, and, and, and you know what? I think more than anything, though, John, you've got depth there. I mean, that was the question mark coming into this year, and, and do you hate that you, know, you had to have an 8-8 eight eight season? Yeah, everybody would have wished that, that this season would have turned out a lot better than it really did, but the plus side to having that down year, the plus side to having Otal and Gross go down was you got to get a guy like Jeff Schwartz, a lot of valuable playing time, and you know what? I'll admit, he was pretty impressive. We've seen him. He stepped into a tackle spot. Travell Wharton moved over to the other tackle spot, and you have that depth, so... Whether you can keep the, the, the five guys, the starters, healthy for 16 games or not, you've got some depth on this offensive line, and that's what you have to have. Because as you talked about, I mean, you're going to miss a game or, or two here or there because these guys are, are battling each other down in the trenches. But um, the, the unit is really, as a whole, is very promising. All right, well, let's do some grading here then. I'll give you a chance to, to grade the guards and the center position. Well, I, I give the guards and centers, I give them an 88. I mean, I think you've got a solid unit. You know, Kedrick Vincent, his time is probably up. Ryan Khalil still coming into his own as a center. And, and Travell Wharton, a, a guy, like I said, I love the way that the versatility that he's shown. He can move back and forth. He's had the injury problems. So I think the, the guards and the, uh, and the centers deserve an 88. Not quite as explosive and, and as talented as I think as the, tackle, the tackles are, but I think the guards and centers are solid, and I think an 88 is, uh, is something that suits them pretty well. Well, you didn't cheat off me this week. I actually went 90 for the uh for the guards and I'll, i definitely like ryan khalil i think if you can get some people to actually watch a panthers game and maybe even some media members i think it's darren gannett's always talking about them airlifting in here or dropping in here if they would actually show up and and watch ryan khalil i think they'd be a little more interested in him and he might wind up in the pro bowl one day so i'm going 90 for the guards and and for ryan khalil at center and now let's hear your grade on the tackles. Well, for the tackles, I, I've got it pretty high. I've got a 95, and I know that people could dock both tackles, Jordan Gross and Jeff Otal, because they ended up on the IR, uh, but I don't think those injuries linger. And, and right now the Panthers, they have a solid all-pro tackle, a guy that's going to – a perennial pro bowler if he doesn't get injured in Jordan Gross, and a future all-pro uh, that's going to anchor that line. Like I said, for another seven, eight years in Jeff Otal, you mix in the fact that Jeff Schwartz surprised a lot of people with how much he improved from year one to year two. And I think a mid-90s grade for the tackles is very appropriate. I know it's up there, and it's tough. And you probably won't be handing out many 95s to groups, but I think the tackles deserve a, a, a grade that high. That's going to give you an average of a 91.5, which is not so bad. Believe it or not, I think you did cheat off me again. I went 95 for the tackles because, like you, I love these two guys, and I think that especially if we can keep Gross around long enough, he's 30 years old, been in the league seven years, you keep him around and keep him healthy, oh, man, we've got the two tackle spots manned for at least the next four, if not the next five years. So I went 95. That brings me a 92.5 and, and you a 91.5. So we're, we're close. Yeah, pretty close. And i got to say, though, John, I don't think I'm the one cheating. I think you're cheating off of me. 
<laughs> well, I did let you go first, didn't I? That's true. That's yeah. true. I, I think yeah. you're just taking what I'm saying and you're you're throwing. No, I'm just kidding. This is <laughs> this offensive line as a whole to have that average right there in the 91 and 92. It's solid. The depth has been addressed, and and you know, just like the secondary, I think both of these units are something that I don't think the Panthers need to look at much in the draft. I don't think you need to look much at it in free agency. Don't touch it. I think you just got to get some guys healthy, and if they're ready to go next year, I think the Panthers should be in good shape. All right. Well, can we talk you into sticking around for maybe, a, I don't know, a pick'em segment? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. Before we end this, I do want to remind everybody we're going to be doing another uh, another position next week. We're going to take a look next week at linebackers. That one should be interesting. So linebackers next week as we continue to look ahead to the 2010 season. And again, don't forget the question of the week. Who should be the 2009 Carolina Panthers MVP? 206-350-9673. Give us a call. This is Cat Crave Radio. Our guest now is Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen. Tom, as always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Glad to be here. Tom, we're focusing on the offensive line this week, and we, because we had so many players on the injured reserve at the end of the year, one of them being Jordan Gross, uh, he is, I think he's going to be a bit of a concern for the fans this season or this offseason. Do you think he's going to be ready to come back healthy in 2010? Oh, Jordan Gross, absolutely, yeah. I, yeah, I talked to him at the end of the season, and, and he was getting ready to ditch the crutches and get a walking boot. And uh, I, I would be surprised if he's not fine by the time the season begins. I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that's very mature, very good at what he does, uh, just a great technician. And uh, I think I think he'll be fine. Well, it sounded like they, I think the news at one point was that it was a clean break, meaning it wasn't going to be a, a, a difficult thing to heal up. Is that right? Right. That's right. Okay. Well, then that's that's actually good news for all of us, especially with him coming back and then, Changes are already occurring. It looks like John Fox is staying, but then they dismissed Danny Crossman, the special teams coach. Was that a bit of a surprise for you? I mean, especially considering the relationship that he has with Coach Fox. No, you know, that was just, in the early days, the Fox special teams were one of the things they did best. And, uh, you know, they were just uh, inferior this season. And I think if, if, if I were going to pick one area, which would have been a change, that would have been it. Yes, we can always, when you see this happen, we can always talk replacements. How easy, though, will it be, especially if they go outside of the organization, to find somebody with Fox just on a one-year deal? Oh, it'll be easy. I mean, it'll be, you, you have to be confident, no matter what you do for a living. And this guy, whomever they replace replace him with, is going to have to think, you know, I'm, I'm good at this, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have an impact, and, and you, you know, you, you could look at it as, as a year-long audition, as a season-long audition, because if, if Fox is gone, you know, maybe somebody else notices his good work and uh, elects to retain him. So I don't, I don't think it'll be difficult at all. There are fans out there on the message boards, um, at the Observer message boards especially, I, I noticed some messages from people saying, why did we wait so long if we were going to make this move? We could have brought in Bobby April. And then we missed out on him because he wound up in Philadelphia. Was there any chance that he would have come to Charlotte anyway? I don't think so. But, you know, I think message board killed brain cells. Um, you know, it's the <laughs> same thing the fans said when, uh, when, they didn't hire, uh, when they didn't hire Garcia. You heard the same thing. How oh, the Panthers screwed about not hiring him. Philly didn't want him either. Uh, New England didn't want him. You know, it just, uh, fans, a lot of fans just had too much spare time. 
and uh, it just it's it's sort of nonsensical because uh, you know special teams coaches they'll they'll find somebody. April's good. He's got a he's got a nice reputation, but but they'll find somebody who can develop a reputation. They'll be fine. Then there's a second change that has occurred, and that was just early this week when uh, wide receivers coach Richard Williamson retired. Uh, now he had been with the team since day one, more or less. He, you know, he he's he's worked a lot with these guys, and for him to retire like this, was it just time, or are there tea leaves that we could be reading here? Um, I guess we could read tea leaves if we want to, but uh, you know, I really like Richard. He's an intelligent guy. I think he caught name his first touchdown pass ever at Alabama, and he's a guy who is respected around the league. You know, you go to the Super Bowl, and it's like a convention, and, and, and that's where you find coaches who talk. And there's just some coaches that are you know, in high regard, and Richard Williamson is one of them. So I was sorry to see him go. Uh, you know, there may have been friction between him and certain receivers. I heard that, but I don't know that to be true. But I do know that he was, you know, offered the opportunity to come back. It the staff was initially. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to see him go because he's a guy that, uh, that, that I admire. But, uh, you know, I, I just I don't want to manufacture rumors, and, and it just you know you talk about message boards. I just think in some ways too many people have too much spare time. We've got the start of free agency coming up, and it'll be here before we can really get turned around. If there is really a free agency period, I know there will be, but it'll either be a big pool of players because of a CBA agreement or a very very small pool of players. But either way. Is it going to be an issue luring free agents to sign with the team if they feel like, well, you know, the coach is just a one-year guy? It could be if, if a guy's coveted, but you know, it, 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 you know, if if everything else is equal, then you may think, well, this guy may only be here for a year. But you may also think that you know, this is this is the uncapped year, and you don't know what's going to happen next, and therefore, there's just going to be a lot of variables around the league. I don't I don't see it as a major impediment, and. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure they'll go after any A-level free agents. Uh, I'm not really sure what they'll do. You know, the offensive line, which you mentioned, turned out to be a uh, just a real strength. I mean, those two late-round draft choices that came in to replace Ota and Jordan Gross were, I thought, played so well. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of areas of strength in this team. And uh, even Jarrett. Jarrett is a guy who intrigues me because I don't think Jarrett has the – instincts that say Moose and Steve Smith do that say, all right, if this is covered, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. I don't think he sees the game the way that, that those guys do. But I think if you're looking for a guy who can run around, make a catch, reach over everybody and snatch the ball out of the air, I think, I think Jarrett has a future in this league. And I think I saw that at practice so many times this season, and I think fans saw it in the last game. One of the things that we've done here for the last few weeks, I had been giving you a couple of agree or disagree statements, but Honestly, there's not much going on, so I'll just throw you one, and that's this. Because there is so little going on, fans may want to find something that's just going to keep them busy to just to avoid the boredom of the off season. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah. And then what I would say is join a gym or, or date. I mean, I'm talking about a member of the opposite sex, you know? Step away from the computer, get away from the internet, go outside, and meet somebody. That, that would be my... Well, Tom, that sounds like good advice. Uh, we really appreciate that. And, uh, hey, thanks for being with us. Enjoy that Indian summer weather while you can. All right. Thanks, man. You too. Here are the digits you need to give us a call. 206-350-9673. 
leave a message telling us what's on your mind. That's 206-350-9673. We'll be back with more CCR. Hey, what's going on, Panthers fans? This is uh, Chris Harris here trying to donate money for the victims out in Haiti because of the huge earthquake they had. You can text the word Haiti to 90999, and a $10 donation would be sent to the Red Cross organization. It'll be added to your cell phone bill, and by doing that, I myself will personally send a autograph, photograph of myself, the way to receive that, you can go to my Twitter account, which is Chris Harris NFL, and send me a time-dated picture of the confirmation that they send you back, along with your address, and I will autograph a picture and send it to you personally. Or you can also go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash nfl.chris.harris. Thanks. It is time once again to pick some games. We are all the way to the conference championship round of Pick'em. Joining us for the task is Nick Yeoman. Nick, are you ready to pick some games? I I guess, John. We're all the way to the conference games, and I'm still sputtering. One out of four last week. we got to pick it up. Hopefully I can knock both of these down. Yeah, and you've gone one out of seven for the playoffs. Now, if we throw the one and seven in with your regular season, you are at 176 and 88. Uh, the one and seven not looking so good though. You got two more here, and and a, and a Super Bowl still to pick. So let's go with the two games. Starting with the AFC, we got the New York Jets versus the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, Jets and Colts. You're almost kind of hoping that Joe Namath will come out and make, make a guarantee for this. This this is kind of that matchup that never should have happened, John. You've got the Indianapolis Colts, who everyone expected to be here, facing the New York Jets, who not only shouldn't have made it this far in the playoffs. They had no business even making the playoffs. I mean, the run that they've gone on with a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, is, is stuff that, you know, they make movies out of. But this movie, I don't think, has a happy championship winning ending, in my opinion. I think the Indianapolis Colts have had a plan this entire time. They wrote a lot of people wrong when they basically said an undefeated season didn't mean anything. You better believe they did. Trust me. In my home state, the Colts fans were furious. But they're one game away from the Super Bowl, and I just don't see them slipping up against a team that brings in a game plan as similar to the Ravens as the Jets do. I mean, I was at the Jets-Colts Week 16 game at Lucas Oil Stadium. It can get very loud in there when it's time, and I think that could play in. I think the Colts are too much for the Jets. They pack their bags, and they're headed for Miami in Super Bowl 44. Now let's find out who you think is going to join them in Miami. we got the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Well, this game has the most potential of being the best shootout or great game in, in, in what we've seen and what we've been hoping for and what's been a fairly mild set of playoff blowouts. We know Drew Brees and Brett Favre are going to do their thing and make plays, but the question I have is can the Saints running game find the gaps in the Minnesota defensive line. The Vikings, they have a great pass rush. We've talked about it. We've heard about it. We've seen it. They're fantastic. But when you attack and run right at Jared Allen, they aren't near, they, they are nearly effective, and he's not nearly effective because he has to play the run instead of getting to the quarterback. Sean Payton's going to have a great game plan. I think they're healthy on defense. They're making plays, and I think that should prove to be the difference. I think the Louisiana Superdome is going to be rocking with the Saints, picking up the win, and marching to their first Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. You heard it here. We've got Nick making the pick of Indianapolis and New Orleans. Nick will continue to keep score, as always. Hey, thanks, John. It's been fun all season. We're listed as day-to-day. 
but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Besides, stats are for losers. The Crave returns. Joining us now is a special guest. It is, and he'll tell you this too, he is all the Panthers fans' favorite safety. Chris Harris is on the show with us. Chris, it's good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be on here today. And yeah, I think you are the favorite safety. You gotta be. <laughs> well, you know, I just I, I try to help out and do do things the right way, um, and you know, hopefully people respect that and uh, try to win you over. Well, let's see. Last year, I mean, this season was. I'm sure it was trying. You know, the, the way things started, you didn't get off on the right foot. But now that it's over, would you say? I mean, would you describe your feeling relieved? Or are you a little disappointed that it had to end the way it did with you guys playing like you were playing? Uh, it's, it's more disappointment ending the way that it did. I mean, I'm, I'm happy the way it ended, you know, winning three in a row. But I believe we could have had, if, if <laughs> I never begged for an 18, 19 game season, but this might be the year that I would, um, you know, because we, we, were, we were getting hot. We were finally finding our mark. And uh, it seemed like we, I think we just ran out of time. We we didn't start fast enough, and we just ended up running out of time. And I, I really think we could have given some people uh, some fits in the playoffs if we could have made it. Well, in every off season, there's going to be a big story or two. And right now, it it really is John Fox, the entire coaching staff. If there are going to be any changes there, now, down the stretch, and you mentioned that three and O finish, you guys really, I mean, you 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 responded for him down the stretch of the season. Do you think? that you'll, I mean, do you, do you feel like the team will continue to respond for him? How do you think that, that you guys will respond to the coach next year? Oh, I, I believe so. Um, you know, John Fox is uh, one of the best coaches I've been around, um, and, and I love playing for him, and, and that's pretty much the um, how the other guys on the team feel, I would say. But uh, speaking personally for myself, I, I think he's a, a heck of a coach and, and a great guy and a great motivator, and, you know, uh, playing for a guy like that, he's a player's coach. So I mean, I, I, I'm giving it my all for him. I, I really like him as a coach and as a player, as a person. I mean, injuries were a big, big story. I mean, what ten minutes into training camp, you guys lost chemo. So when he went down, that hurt. You know, right in the middle of the defense. And then throughout the year, I think through the first 14 games, you had 14 different starting lineups. So how did that impact the performance that we saw on the field? I think it impacted a little bit, you know, not having the continuity, um, you know, not being able to develop that chemistry. Like you said, starting 13, 14 different lineups every single week is it's kind of difficult. But, um, you know, and, and along with learning a new defensive scheme, that never helps. So, you know, the learning curve there as well as the injuries, I think we ended up with 13, 14 guys on injury reserve by the end of the season, which is never a good thing. So, but that's one thing you got to fight through. Every every team in the league has to deal with injury. So I guess it was just our year. I think it was last spring. I want to say it was last spring we had you on the show, and and I asked you about Chicago, or you know when you faced the Bears that first time out. And I believe the way you put it was you wanted to beat them senseless the first time <laughs> you faced them in a Panther uniform. Well, they're back on the schedule again Hell next year. Buddy, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel the exact same way, um, you know. I, I don't know. I guess most players, you know, coming from the X team, they when they get an opportunity to play them, they want to to beat them and just I know I guess put it on them, you know. Yeah. Show them what they what they lost. Well, you'll be looking at a different quarterback instead of Kyle Orton. You're going to see 
Jay Cutler, and then, of course, I know you saw him against Denver uh, during the 08 season, but, I mean, the the changes, I'm sure there'll be a lot of changes, but still, like, is it just the organization? I mean, do you want the people that are sitting up in that, you know, in that skybox up there, do you want them to say, boy, that 43, why did we let him go? Absolutely. It, it, it's more for the organization wanting to beat them, you know, make them, make them question themselves. <laughs> why, why did we let them go? Well, what was the reason behind it? But, you know, I just – and I, I still have friends out there. So anytime you uh, you play against your friends, you kind of want to have the bragging rights against them. So I, I still keep in contact with a lot of those guys out there. I was just with Nathan Vasher about a week ago. So, you know, I still keep in contact with a bunch of them. Well, beside of you out there, I mean, you know, we know the strong safety spot and who's going to be there. I mean, 43 is the fixture, but then free safety, it looks like it's going to be kind of a kind of a free-for-all. I mean, Charles Godfrey came into the season. He was the incumbent. He had, you know, it's his job. Then a rookie, Sherrod Martin, I mean, uh, you know, he was a little bit of a surprise draft pick. Then he steps into the lineup and, you know, wows us all. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on what could be a, a pretty good battle in training camp. Oh man, it could be very interesting because uh, Charles, Charles is a heck of a player. And he's young, just as, just like Sharad. You know, Charles is still learning. Uh, he's making, he's made plays for us in the past, and he's made plays for us this season. Um, and Sharad, like I said, it was a wow. You know, he gets in there, and I think he starts two, three games and has three interceptions uh, in the three games that he started. So that 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 that, that kind of opened up a few eyes around there. You know, they're both very rangy safeties. Um, they they have great speed. They can get from sideline to sideline and cut and cover. So you know, it, it's going to be a very very interesting um, interesting uh, off season. One guy that was, and I know you are now also writing a blog, but uh, one of your teammates, John Beeson. I mean, he's got a blog that's been up out there a while, and and this whole Pro Bowl thing kind of the snub that he went through the way that he didn't get selected I mean and I think we'd all agree I think it's pretty much a consensus especially among Panthers fans that he should have been there but how do you feel about that about him being left off that roster I I, I feel this um you know there's always snubs and I I hate it happen to him because um if you, if you if you look at the numbers, uh, John Beeson had one of his uh, – this is third season, and if you look at his numbers compared to all the other middle linebackers, I think he might be second amongst those in, in those stats. And so I'm not just saying that because he's my teammate. So, of course, people are going to say I'm biased, but he has the numbers to show it. Um, his play speaks for itself. So I really felt he should have been uh, in the Pro Bowl, but – you know, I talked to him. I, I said it's, it's just it's just one of those things. So you can't really you can't get down about it. You know, just come back, work your butt off next season, and uh, let's hold up a Super Bowl trophy as, as long as as well as a, a Pro Bowl uh, ballot. When I found out that you had a YouTube channel, I, I got to admit I was a little surprised. I mean, you know, you got guys like you know D'Angelo Williams who just like refuses to get on Twitter and. You know, some people kind of accept the social networking and some don't. And then I got on there and saw the videos. And I know last year, about a year ago, when you and I talked, you were, I think you were going shopping then for a piano. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'd heard the rumor about the trumpet, but man, we got to get you to play the trumpet sometime. I, I've seen the, I've seen the uh, videos. I mean, wow, I was, I was impressed. Uh, yeah, I, I accept accept the, uh, the the social networking on on the internet. You know, I, I think it's kind of fun actually, 
you know, it has its place. And, yeah, like I said, I, I get on Facebook, get on uh, YouTube, Twitter. I um, mean, you know, you saw the videos of me and my fiance actually playing some Christmas songs during Christmas. We put some up there. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of it's just kind of fun to play around with. Well, and on a, on a much more serious note, and I know we've been playing the message throughout the show, and that's uh, this fundraising that you've gotten involved with uh, for the, the victims in Haiti uh, after what is just, I mean, an incredibly bad situation after that earthquake. Tell us about the, the fundraising effort that you've gotten involved with. Well, I was, uh, I was sitting down with my fiancé. We were watching TV uh, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, watching CN, uh, CNBC, I think, Anderson Cooper, and they um, showed all of the, the terrible things that happened over there in Haiti uh, and all the footage, and they said if you wanted to help, you could text Haiti to 9099, and that would donate $10 to the uh, Red Cross, and that $10 would be deducted from your cell phone bill, and I thought, man, well, we got to do something. You know, I was going through old clothes that I was about to give to the Goodwill, and we plan on shipping that to Haiti as well. And I, I thought that was just a, a cool thing, so I decided I'd use my uh, social networking, you know, and get on YouTube and make a video asking people to do that. And if they would uh, take a picture, a time-dated picture of their confirmation that you get back once you send the text, um, and send it to either my Twitter account, which is Chris Harris NFL. Send me a uh, message along with your address. I would return the favor and give you a, a autograph, autograph picture. You know, I figured try to get some money raised for these people because it's. I mean, it's just a, a horrible thing. Are they able to get in touch with you other ways? I mean, can they can they get back to you through YouTube or yeah, they can get Facebook? back. They can get back to YouTube. Um, you can post. Uh, Post a uh, video if you have a webcam of your confirmation. Uh, you can send a time-dated picture to Twitter or to my uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com/nfl.chris.harris, and you can send me a message there with a time-dated picture of the confirmation that you got, along, along with your address, and you can get to me that way. Well, I do respect what you're doing. I know that. We think about, you know, football players. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're during the off season. you want to get away and, and, and what you're doing now, taking your time and, and your effort. I mean, I really, I really do respect that. And I'm sure that uh, the people you're helping will, will be thankful for, uh, for receiving the help. Yeah, I, I feel that as, it's, it's kind of our duty, you know, as human beings. You know, that's the one thing we all have in common is that we're all human beings. So um, to help out, that's, that's the least we could do. Well, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for 43 on the field for 2010. I mean, much success, and um, we again, Chris, and as always, we appreciate you being with us. Hey, thank you. I want to thank Tom Sorensen for joining us. You can read all of Tom's columns in the Charlotte Observer, both in print and online. My appreciation to Chris Harris, not only for taking time to visit with us, but also for the work he's doing to raise money for those in need in Haiti. Chris, you the man. If you do want to donate, you can text the word Haiti to 90999. A $10 donation will go to help the victims of the devastating earthquake. The charge will appear on your cell phone bill. And check out Chris's YouTube and Facebook pages. There you can get details on how you can have him send you that autographed picture. Again, text the word Haiti to 90999. 
My thanks as always to Nick Yeoman for being with us and for taking such a big role in the show. Yeoman, the show just would not be the same without you. Nick's Panthers videos can be found on YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. Hey, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. When you do that, fill out the quick and easy form, and it's a done deal. We'll keep you up to date on the show, on our guests, basically everything that's going on with us and with the team. Again, go to catcraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link and fill out the form. It's that easy. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. While you're there, be sure and leave us a review. And give us a follow on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. You follow us, we promise we'll follow you back. And don't forget this week's question, the question of the week. It's just this simple. Who should be the Panthers 2009 MVP? Call us up at 206-350-9673 and leave us a message detailing who and why. Call the CCR hotline with your choice for the Panthers 2009 MVP at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio a proud member of the Fan-Sided Network. Check out CatCraveRadio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, CatCrave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old Finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.